Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. I'm, my name's Tim. I'm the senior pastor here at the Vineyard. If this is your first time, welcome to our church. We're so glad you're here. And uh, I tell you, the first time I heard Crowder's, uh, David Crowder's new album, I Know a Ghost, I was like, I like it. I like it a lot. I like it because most people don't talk like that <laughs> about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I used to have an aversion to the word ghost myself, coming out of where I was and, and becoming a Christian and all. And, uh, but now I kind of like it because uh, it kind of shakes us up and, and makes us kind of ask the questions. And, and uh, so we're going to do a series here over the next three weeks on I, I'm calling it, stealing it straight from David, I Know a Ghost. And uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit because he seems to be uh, the most uh, or the least talked about in maybe in our lives and maybe in many circles because uh, uh, I'm, uh, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of misunderstanding. And so uh, in your handout, if you flip it over, you're going to see the whole backside of that thing filled this morning. Normally, I just have three fill-ins, but uh, I thought I've got to lay a foundation for this. I've, I've got to be able to give some enough scripture for us to be able to dig. I come from a, a family of builders, I mean, contractors, and, and uh, the foundation was always, you know, you don't see the foundation. It's in the ground, and there's lots that has to be done. When I was in college and we were designing these buildings for like high rises and all of this, uh, engineering, all of that, you know, I really got exposed to how much goes into making sure that what you see up above ground is going to stand and going to be able to withstand the onslaught of weather and time and, uh, and abuse. And so uh, this is kind of my digging out of the ground this morning and trying to lay at least a little bit of a foundation. For, and I know that all of us in here come from varying degrees of traditions. Some of us don't come from any tradition when it comes to uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. Some of us have a very high opinion of the Holy Spirit, but we somewhere along the way, because we read in Scripture that the Holy Spirit speaks of Jesus and exalts Jesus, we and uh, we think the Holy Spirit never should even be talked about, that uh, he should be left alone and never... Uh, like you never pray to him, you never talk to him, you don't, he's this amorphous type of, you know, goo of whatever, and, and that's not what the Holy Spirit is. Uh, my, our progression, my wife, now my wife was raised a nice, sweet Southern Baptist girl, which is one of the reasons I married her, and, uh, and uh, I was raised a very sweet heathen, pagan, <laughs> sweet pagan, um, street person out in Myrtle Beach and, and, and all, and uh, so I had no concept at all about what the Holy Spirit was, and as a matter of fact, even when I became a Christian, uh, it was about Jesus, and of course, Christ zoomed into my life, as you've heard me tell the story a million times, and I love to tell it, and, uh, and intend to tell it to the last breath that I have, and uh, but nobody told me about the Holy Spirit until we went off to college and we went to a spirit-filled, as they would say, Lutheran church. So I was really confused the first year of my uh, Christian life because here was a somewhat Pentecostal Lutheran church or charismatic Lutheran church. And I just thought it was awesome. I mean, we had this college service that was packed, kids sitting on the floor up around where the seven guitar players were across the front. And, uh, you know, it was just an amazing, and all of it was new to me. I mean, I was just like this, you know, and, and Karen was like, ah. you know, it's, it's, she was much more versed than I was in things. But, uh, you know, it, it was just new. It was just new. And so in this church, uh, you know, they, in this Lutheran church, not only did we have liturgy, not only did we share a common cup, we take communion every time we got together, which was beautiful. But also they sang in tongues, they had interpretation of tongues, it was prophecy, all of this kind of, in a Lutheran church, I know, who would know them, right? I mean, this is my first church, first church ever, you know, other than just visiting my wife's because I couldn't date her if I didn't go to church with her. And uh, that, so that's, you know, so that's the price I paid. And, um, and so, you know, we got exposed to this. And I'll tell you more about that story uh, over the next few weeks as we look at some more details of just how the Holy Spirit actually works in our lives and uh, how he comes to us and, and, and fills us and makes himself known and, and all. But then we left there, we come back, we get involved with Karen's church and it was good for a while. And, and then uh, 
Then this group of mercenaries from the Assemblies of God showed up. <laughs> and, uh, y- you know, there uh, we are in our little apartment, and our s- first son was just born, and, you know, and, and they come in, and they're, so they're in their suits and ties, and I definitely, I don't even know if I owned a tie, and, uh, but they, they loved us, you know, and they invited us to church. And, and I looked at Karen, and I was like, hey, let's, let's go check this thing out, you know. We, we, I don't know. And the first service we were in, there was a guy sitting in front, of, and they start singing, you know, like I'll Fly Away or something, you know, like that. And they flew away. I mean, they, they <laughs> like, I mean, they got up and flew. It was like, you know, took off. It's like, like the guy in front of me took off and just started dancing, you know. And I'm like. Man, I didn't know church was this eclectic, you know. You got all kind of things. And they didn't do that in the Lutheran church, even though a lot of other things went on. I didn't ever see anybody get up and run around the room like, <laughs> like that. I was like, man, these people really are excited. About, but I like that. I like the fact that people get excited about Jesus. I mean, I like that aspect because we've seen all these different pieces of the puzzle and there were beautiful parts in all of it, absolutely, and... And then we started our own church, and for 16 years, it, it went from kind of wild charismatic church, you know, where we would worship for an hour and a half, and, and then somebody would preach for, believe it or not, maybe 15 minutes. And, but then we'd go back into worship for another 30 minutes, you know. And it morphed into more of a kind of a seeker Pentecostal-style church, which was really... Uh, see, I'm so confused my whole life. I mean, I, charismatic Lutheran... It was, it was just, but through it all, the Holy Spirit, we got to see different interpretations, and, and it was really, it's a beautiful mosaic of how people try to process what God is doing in their lives and how the Holy Spirit operates. Really, it was really beautiful, and, uh, and it still is. And then we came into the vineyard 22 years ago, and uh, we have been probably taught more of what I consider to be really, really good, healthy doctrine and experience as far as application and all uh, in the vineyard and so it's it's been a it's been a wonderful wonderful journey and it's like it's fresh it's like it's right now again and new and so if you want to flip over your handout and we'll we'll jump into these scriptures and we'll talk a little bit about this and uh, let's pray Lord thank you so much for all of our experiences wherever we've been in church life or uh, this experience of trying to um allow you to live through us and what it means to know you and what it means to be used by you and to grow in you and thank you for the ups and the downs of church life and wherever we've been somehow you have been weaving into us uh, a truth and i think a vitality lord of your of your presence and so i ask today that for those of us who have been in this for a while that you would reacquaint us with your precious Holy Spirit and what he does in our lives and wants to do in our personal lives and in our church life. And uh, Lord, for those who don't know you yet, that pull, that sense of, I don't know why I keep going back to that church. I don't know why, I, I, you know, I don't see it quite yet. That's you. That's you, Holy Spirit. That's you. And I pray they would, they would recognize that's your great love and affection for them this morning. And that is your presence, that is the Holy Spirit pulling and wooing uh, them to you. And so would you come, Holy Spirit, today in our midst. And uh, we love you, Jesus, and we love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being in our lives to help us learn what it means to worship the Father and to serve the Son and, Lord, to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, so I called all of these the ghost, okay? So uh, the ghost, your first one is this. The ghost is a person. The ghost is a person. The Holy Spirit is not an it. Not an it. It, you know, it, 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 it. And when I say a person, I mean it has personality. We're going to take it apart here just a little bit. But look in John 16. I've mentioned this many times that John 14, 15, and 16 was when Jesus was trying to prepare his disciples for his going away and trying to let them know that there was someone coming that needed to come to be with them and it was the Holy Spirit and so in those three chapters Jesus reiterates over and over again 
hey, it's, I've got to go back to the Father. It's, I've got to do that. But when I go back to the Father, the Holy Spirit is going to come. I'm going to pray to the Father and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give the Holy Spirit. He's a gift to you. And he will be with each of you. And he will be in each of you. And so those three chapters, if you want to read three chapters and try to see what Jesus had to say about the Holy Spirit, those are three good chapters to read, John 14, 15, 16. But notice in uh, 16, 13 through 15, but when he, right, not it, the spirit of truth comes, he, not it, will guide you into all truth. He, not it, will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he makes known to you. And so uh, it's a he. It's a personality. It's, it's not some amorphous goo, like some wobbling, you know. Uh, my granddaughter has this some kind of, what's the stuff, Karen? Slime. You guys play with slime. You knew it before me, and I've got a nine-year-old granddaughter, and you like slime. You know, he's not slime. You know, he's not like this little... It's the very presence of God and the personality of God It comes. And, and your next fill-in, and here's just a few of the things that the Holy Spirit does. In Acts eleven twelve, Peter is trying to make his case to the apostles and the leaders in the church for the Gentiles being accepted into the early church and not just Jewish believers. And, of course, he's making reference to the 10th chapter of Acts where Cornelius, the, you know, the centurion and his whole family, the soldier who came to Christ and his whole family and all, how God had spoken to Cornelius and his family and had spoken to Peter while he was praying up on the roof that day and, and had called him together. So Peter is making a case for, look, guys, the Holy Spirit comes to Gentiles and not just Jewish believers too. And, and so Peter says, the Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. That is the guys that Cornelius sent over to his house. And so it's not an it that tells you anything. You know, this is a he, this is a personality. And, and uh, so the, the Holy Spirit can and does speak to us leads us and when we don't when we don't take the time to say lord lead me help me speak to me then we short circuit the whole process that god has put in place for us to be able to receive divine guidance and help and i don't mean just in i mean in all of life um this may be a redundant story, but it's the, one of the biggest ones in my life uh, that I've told before is I was in a business partnership at one time, and it was not going well, and I was travailing about it. I told my wife, I'm going out into the woods, it sounded real spiritual, and I'm going to pray and fast, and I'm not coming back until God tells me what to do. And so I went out over here at Sagasti into a large tract of land that we were supposed to develop, and I started walking the survey lines, and I would stop where those posts were, and I would just, I would get down on my knees, and I would pray. And it was like August, it was hot, mosquito-y, ugh. You know, about the third one that I stopped, I sensed the Lord say simply to me these simple words, go back, get out. Go back, get out. And I went, and do what? Next, I got three little kids. Uh, Lord, nothing. That's all I heard. And a lot of times that's the way the Lord does it, right? I mean, he only tells you enough to take one step, like one step. Like they didn't know the problems they were getting into with the Gentiles coming into the church. But the Lord said, hey, bring them in. Bring them in. Take them in. And so I went right back. I was like, I called Karen. I said, look, I feel like the Lord said, you know, go back, get out. Go to the county, get your name off of everything. Go to your banker, get off of everything. Get your name off of the corporation papers and everything. And, and so that's what I did. Put a two-week notice into my partner, got out. And one year later, that business went bankrupt. And that was the Lord's way of protecting me and my family, of getting us out at the time. And I know... I know that was the Holy Spirit that spoke to me because I would rather have stayed and tried to dig it out and work it out. But I, 
it was a two-part thing. I could only do so much. There are other times in, in our lives where the Lord has very specifically spoken through the Holy Spirit. That's how God speaks. He will speak into your heart through the presence of God, and he leads us that way. In Acts 16, 6, uh, you know, they're, they're preaching along, and they get to, you know, Paul's preaching along, and he gets to Asia to preach, and, and it says, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching. Some of you think, well, why isn't he doing that to Tim right now? But, uh, <laughs> Uh, keep you know it's like Paul got to a place I mean the Holy Spirit the gospel is so on fire in his life he can't wait to preach he just he would he would preach anywhere to anybody at any time but he gets to this one spot and because maybe it's not the area is not ready yet or whatever God sees the strategy out there uh, he knows the whole you know the beginning from the end he knows it all like that he Paul is so dialed in there, and he's listening to the Holy Spirit that he feels like, okay, I can't preach there. It's not time to go in. And so, you know, God can caution us through the Holy Spirit. And, um, and, and then he can also, like in Acts 15, 28, um, it says that after the church prayed, after, you know, Peter gives his, his dissertation and his plea to let the Gentiles in and they pray and all. It's the church leaders, it says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to do it. And that's a great witness, you know, like inside. And, and that's what we do on our board and the elders. It's like, and I hope you do that when you pray and uh, that you look for this, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It's lining up. And so he leads us. That that's not a goo, you know. That is something very interested in us. And and uh, and, and your second next fill in is he helps us. He helps us. In Romans eight twenty six through twenty seven, it says, "In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans." And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Every, when you see Spirit, you'll see capital S, small s, right? So capital S is the Holy Spirit. And then the small s, Spirit, is our Spirit. And so you'll see that how the Holy Spirit works with our own Spirit and kind of lines up to help lead us at times. And he helps us even in our prayers, have you ever gotten to a place in your pleas with God where you don't have enough words? I mean, you don't even know what to say, right? I, I mean, I've gotten like that, and then I start, sometimes I'll get where I start, it's like a, trying to write a song, you know, you'll take a song, turn it upside down, and do it backwards, a well-known song. I'll take a psalm, turn it inside out, and pray it the opposite way, which stimulates some of your creativity. It, it kind of spikes something in you. But even doing that kind of thing, after a while, you're like, I'm just running out of, I don't know how to pray for this person. I don't know how to pray for my friend. I don't know how to pray for my child. I don't know how to pray for my country. I don't know how to pray for my situation. I don't know what is your will, Lord. And, and this is a promise that the Holy Spirit will help us pray. And sometimes it's just groans. It's just groaning. Like, oh, God. It's even in those groans that God uses that to, to call out to him, to help us pray. And um, so, and I'll talk more about the gifts of the Holy Spirit next week because some of you are going, yeah, what about that thing called tongues? <laughs> and I want to say this, I've said this before, it's not the unknown tongue that gets us in trouble. Right? It's not the unknown tongue that gossips. not the un unknown tongue that, well, anyway, you'll hear more next week. <laughs> All right. But there's groaning. There's help to help us in those moments. And in our comfort in Philippians 2.1, if there's any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, Paul says, if any tenderness or compassion, he helps us with that. He comes along and he helps us. In our moments, you know, we're not left to our own devices to have to process and work through things always. 
The Holy Spirit is a helper. He comes alongside us, in us, with us, to help us. And then the third one there is he grieves for us. That's definitely not, you know, slime. <laughs> you know, he grieves for us. In Ephesians 4.30, this church that Paul is trying to, they're kind of going astray, and Paul is trying to pull them back to the center and, and try to help them get refocused again. He says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He grieves for us. Grieves for us. And that is that, oh, when, when something's going on in our lives, and specifically, like, how many of you, your sins became even more acutely aware after you became a Christian? True? Well, you don't want that to go away. Because that's the Holy Spirit grieving. Now, guilt and, uh, and dangerous guilt, yeah, that, that's not healthy. That drives you to all kind of bad behavior and stuff. That is not good. But that keen sense and grieving that, oh, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe. And you feel that kind of a cringing, this cringing in you. It's the love of God, of the Holy Spirit inside of you, dear Christian, that's just grieving over that. Because that's not his best for us. And so he grieves. You know what? I mean, what, what would it be if like everything was like, eh, do anything you want. It doesn't matter. Hurt yourself, your friends, your family. Who cares? Whatever. No, the Holy Spirit cares much more for all of them and you. And that, that he goes, oh, and when you feel that, we don't want to see that go away. Guilt, yes. But when we sense a conviction from the Holy Spirit over something, we want that. We want a keen sense of that. And, um, you know, you can lie to the Holy Spirit. There's an, a fascinating story in Acts 5 and th in verse 3, you know, where they had, I, you know, I, I, in a humorous way, call it like a building fund, you know, and then this guy, this couple sold a piece of land and, and evidently, I'm reading in there somewhat, told the whole church we're giving every bit of this money to the church, all of it. And prayed that evidently, and people heard it, and was committed to the Holy Spirit. This is what I'm going to do. And then along comes, you know, they didn't do it. They held a piece back. You know how you have seller's remorse? You know, it's like, I can't believe I committed that much. What was I thinking? Oh, well, I'm going to hold this much back. And it, it says in Acts 5.3, lie, you lie in your heart to the Holy Spirit. You lied not to men, but to God. And, uh, and then in Acts 5, 9, it says that they conspired to test the Holy Spirit of God. And that's not slime. You know, that's not goo. That is someone that cares deeply for us and cares. And in Matthew 12, 31, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit can be sinned against. It's God, the Trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not Father, Son, and slime. <laughs> huh? It's the presence of God. He's there, and, and uh, that you can, you know, in thought and word and deed, which uh, manifest contempt for God, that's how you sin against the Holy Spirit, which is primarily and mainly uh, when you reject God's great offer in Christ to you. When God offers that wonderful sacrifice of Jesus to you, and you turn it away and turn it away, there's nowhere to go. There's no forgiveness for that. There's, there's no alternative. If we keep turning it away, that's contempt for God's goodness and His grace. And so that's a sin. That's a sin against the Holy Spirit when He comes to us and He calls us to come to Christ. And He calls us to come to Christ. And, uh, and so, I mean, this, the Holy Spirit is very much involved in our lives. Uh, your second one there is, the ghost is the power and the presence of God. If you ever experience the presence of God in your life in any way is through the Holy Spirit. If God works through you in any way to bless others or to do things, it is the Holy Spirit that is operating in you and through you. In Acts 1.8, this is the promise, right? But you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. And then in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit, what? 
dwells in you, his presence in you, not in my imagination, in me. Each one of you who follow Christ are a temple right now, and inside of you, the very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living there. Thank you. <laughs> now, dude, I don't know what to say except if I could dance, I would. But I'm a musician, and that's why I'm a musician. And, um, yeah. I mean, that is amazing. The same Holy Spirit that lived in all the great people of that knew Jesus, Billy Graham, all these great people, the same Holy Spirit's in you. There is no, like, oh, he's got the big Holy Spirit. I've got the little Holy Spirit. You know, my Holy Spirit's just a little small Holy Spirit. He's, like, about that big. I know he's there, but sometimes I can't find him. He's there. No he's, no, he's there, you know, he lives in you, he dwells in you. It's the same spirit that's going to quicken your dead body out of the grave one day. Uh, one day you're going to become every single thing God ever dreamed for you to be. That spirit lives in you now, not later. Right now. He is the power and the presence of God. He testifies to us. That's your next one. He speaks to you. And Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Daddy, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You think, and I, I just not, God does not love me. Give the Holy Spirit a chance to speak to you. That's what this is saying. Romans 8 is saying, the Holy Spirit that lives in you, dear believer, is going to confirm to you that you were God's choice. Just wait a minute. Let him do it. Don't rush. Wait. He's going to witness to you. And you need to listen to that good voice because there is another voice out there. You need to listen to the good voice of the Holy Spirit who this Romans 8, 14 through 17 speaks of that says, you're mine. No, you're mine. I don't know how many times I've had to lean into that. When you're drifting and you're starting to judge yourself and you're starting to wonder about God's goodness in your life and who you are and you're headed down that big rabbit hole and you're like, oh my gosh, in depression and you're like, oh man, oh, I can't believe it. Why? You need to wait and hear the Holy Spirit inside of you go, Daddy, Father. Not only was I born again, but I was adopted by God. It's a double act of love. Like, oh yeah, you're born again through the Holy Spirit. Born from above by the Holy Spirit. And just to make sure you know it, here's your adoption papers. So you will be born to me, and I'm going to adopt you. Both. We need to hear that voice. Listen to that voice. That's what he does. He testifies to us because the devil comes to kill, steal, destroy. In the book of Revelation, he's known as the accuser of the brothers and the sisters. He accuses us day and night. I get in trouble for saying this, but here's his main phrase. You suck. <laughs> the devil will say it constantly to you. Constantly to you. And a lot of times you're, you'll pick up on it and you'll think, I do, I do. I do, I do. And then all of a sudden we'll veil it with religiosity. Well, it just means I'm humble. No, hum humility is knowing who you are in the grace of God and knowing that it's His grace that gave you that. It's like, thank you, Lord. You know, that's it. So that mental, emotional battle, we all can be helped by allowing the Holy Spirit to testify to us. Ooh, I got to move. Uh, and the next one is He evokes worship from us. He provokes it, evokes it. He stimulates that to come out of our mouths, out of our attention, out of our hearts. John 4, 23, Jesus is speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well, and he captures her attention. And he says, for a time is coming, by the way, it's come, and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the, capital S, Spirit, and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit and his worshipers must worship in the capital S, spirit, and in truth. And you come in here or you're worshiping at home and you go, I don't get all this singing. Ah. 
Especially when we men, come on guys, give me an amen. Uh, oh, I can't sing anymore, you know. You know. It's like, uh, but then you'll, you'll get in your car with a song and you sing and, you know. You had a football game, like that Clemson game the other night. And you're like, you know, you're like, that's right. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like, come on, you know. And I, and I feel like, I feel like sometimes, you know, we need to, it's like Dabo Sweeney, you know, like, the, I don't know if you saw him yell on the sidelines, do your job. You know, it's like, I want to just like, all right, all right the Holy, let him, the Holy Spirit do his job, you know. Come on, let him focus. Let him help me focus and realize he helps us worship. You know, he helps us, you know, he testifies to us of God's love. It's the Holy Spirit. When my mind's far away, when I can't rein it in, when I got so many cares, I come in here on Sunday morning or in my small group or in my own, you know, private time and devotional time and I can't worship. It's when I go, Holy Spirit, help me right now. Because you are always thinking of Jesus. You are always wanting to worship Jesus. You're always putting just... You're putting it on him. Lord, come right now and help me do that. Help me, Lord. And you just surrender to it, and I promise you he will come and help you. I promise you he will do it. He will do it because, you know something? The Holy Spirit loves to worship Jesus. He loves to put the praise out there through us. He loves to speak of Jesus. He loves to put the focus on Jesus. And so he will help us with that. He evokes worship. And uh, the last one there, number two, is he works in and through us. He works in and through us. Romans 15, 19. By the power of signs and wonders. Through the power of the Spirit of God. He wants to do those things through you. That whole, the same Holy Spirit that was in you, is in you, is the same one that's been in, that was with Peter, that was with Paul. It's been with all of the great, I mean now, he uses people as he deems necessary, but the same power and presence of God is in you that was in them. Get it? And so more to come on the gifts of the Holy Spirit next week, but he will prompt you. He will. How many of you have had suddenly this thought go through your head, I need to call so-and-so, you Christians? You're just riding down the road. You're like, I haven't talked to them in so long. I don't, don't push that away. Don't push that away. You can even develop being able to hear that kind of thing from the Lord. And you're like, pick up. And I don't know how many times I've done that. I'm thinking of one particular young guy I did a few years ago, just a couple of years ago, leaving the mall, wintertime, cold, and his name came to me. And so I called him. He goes, man, I can't believe you called. I was just thinking I needed to talk to you. I hadn't talked to him in five years. And uh, we had a great time of prayer and reconnected and all. Promptings from the Holy Spirit. To, to move, to save. I've had friends who walked into a McDonald's, this one friend, Tom of mine, walked into McDonald's. He looked across the room one day and he saw a lady sitting over by herself in the corner and he just looked and came back and he felt this prompting, that woman's getting ready to hurt herself. And Tom, he said he went and he looked, he went, she looks great. You know, it's like, it's like, no, get your coffee and go over there and talk to her. And this is, was in Conway, and he, he gets out, he walks over to her, and he said, I'm sorry, ma'am, I hope this doesn't wig you out or anything, but I feel like God told me to come over and tell you he loves you, he cares for you, and whatever is going on in your life, he's here, and she fell apart. And she had been sitting there planning to, to hurt herself. And uh, imagine a church full of four or five, six hundred people going out, and the Holy Spirit, it, it, that, does it happen all the time? No, but it will happen more often than it's happening. If we will give our hearts and our ears and our inclination to the Holy Spirit because he wants to work in and through us. The third one there is the ghost brings alive the love of God. The ghost brings alive the love of God. Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. How? Through the Holy Spirit. Who has been given to us? To us. You know, I, I'm having this dental work done. I had a tooth that split in half and I had to pull it out. And so there's like this implant thing they're doing. Freaking some of you out. But you know, you, you know how you go to a, a dentist and, and, and or somebody and I say, you're not going to feel a thing. <laughs> oh, I got a drill bit like that long. They're putting their foot up against your face. You know, it's like... No, you're not going to feel a thing. It's going to be fine. 
was like, and, uh, but, you know, that's some, I think sometimes that's us in, in the church. We know where it's like you come, come to know Jesus, you're not going to feel a thing. You're not going to feel a thing. Your life's, you know, it's going to be okay. You're not going to feel a thing. There's not going to be any experience to it. And I, you know, I love the scripture, but we don't have a relationship. This is, we, this is how we learn of the Holy Spirit and of Jesus. But we have a very living God inside of us in the Holy Spirit who brings this alive, right? It's not this bringing this alive. It's this bringing this alive. Do you get this? And, uh, and, and I love the scripture and all, but we have a relationship with God, the living God. And uh, if you can't experience something as profound as being forgiven by God, in the very presence of God in your life, then you would never know if you had it, if it left. See, you grieve the Holy Spirit. When he gets grieved, he's letting you know he's there. He's there with you. He's, he's in you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's trying to help you. And so when we push away from him and we grieve the Holy Spirit, he's trying to bring alive the love of God to us. And uh, the next one there is he reveals love. He reveals love to us. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Why? To grasp how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of God. And to know this love. I love, I love the word that Paul uses here. To know a love that surpasses knowing or knowledge. Do you get that? See how he puts that? So you can know what's unknowable. So you can know the depth, the width, the height, the length of God's love. It's the Holy Spirit that does that to us. And that is, my friend, not just some cerebral practice. That is not just some intellectual Shout out to God as I believe. That is a profound knowing in your being. And uh, this can be very experiential. It should be experiential at times. We should experience the presence of God. The love of God being shed abroad in my life. I mean what kind of marriage would it be if you're like. Okay we got a marriage license. We're married. (laughs) Well I don't feel married. You're married. Yeah, but we don't ever get a dinner together. We don't, we don't ever make love. We don't do anything like that, but we're married. Is that the best God can do for us? You're married. You're married. Or is it I love you? I care for you. I love you so much, I'm right there in you. And I want you to know how wide and how deep and how long the love of God is for you. He, the Holy Spirit, makes that known to us. And the next one is he releases joy because love and joy go together. Love and joy, you can't separate them. In Acts uh, 13.52, it says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Joy. That's what the Holy Spirit brings. And they go hand in hand. And your last one there is he reproduces that love in us. There's more than we can take in. There's enough to give away. He reproduces love. Galatians 5.22 says that, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. It grows and there's more love that comes out of our life. And, you know, how are we able to forgive one another? Because this love is so profound. It's so amazing that it forgave us. A perfect God forgave us. He took the initiative to do that. And now he gives us his spirit who enables us to do the same thing. How are we able to reconcile with people that we don't like? You can admit it. There are people you don't like. People you don't want to be around. I'm not saying you have to like them. All right, you don't have to like their personality. You don't have to like any of that. But God's spirit can turn your heart in such a way that you love them and that you care about them. You can't, I mean, look, you are that person to somebody. You know who I'm talking about. It's like, I got that person in my life. Well, you're that person too, something. And uh, it's like, yeah, they might be sitting by me right now. No, you, 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 they're thinking the same thing. 
Uh, you get what I'm saying? It's the Holy Spirit. Oh boy, I got in trouble now. It's a good thing I'm. Good thing we're getting ready to pray. Um, anyway, it is the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you get that? The love of the cross, the love of the Father, that's expressed on the cross of Jesus. That is so deep, so wide. So profound, so amazing. It's the power of that inside of our hearts. It changes our hearts. And for us to neglect, for us to not give like props to the Holy Spirit and then allow Him to move in our life, we are selling ourselves so short. And I just want to read two quotes here as we'll close it out. Charles Finney, a great uh, revivalist preacher back in the 17th, late 1700s and 1800s, had this experience with, with the Holy Spirit. And here's how he described it. Waves and waves of liquid love. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love. I literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my heart. Sarah Edwards, Jonathan Edwards' wife, uh, the great... A uh, preacher from the 1700s, uh, Sarah Edwards, when she was 13, Jonathan knew her and just talked about how godly and wonderful a woman she was. Her father started Yale University. And uh, Sarah Edwards, this was her description of uh, her experience with the Holy Spirit. The sweetest night I ever had in my life. All night, I continued in a constant, clear, and lively sense of the heavenly sweetness of Christ's excellent love of his nearness and dearness to me and my dearness to him. I seemed to myself to perceive a glow of divine love come down from the heart of Christ. At the same time, my heart and soul soul all flowed out in love to Christ so that there seemed to be a constant flowing and reflowing of heavenly love. Holy Spirit, you are indeed welcome in this place. Would you come and make Christ's love real to us even today, this morning? Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, would you pour out your love right now in all the hearts, the hearts of those who have not responded to you yet, would you make your love known in such a way that they say yes to you this morning? Yes. If you're saying yes to Christ this morning, would you let me know so I can pray for you? Just hold your hand up. God has his presence for you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Now, how many of you could use a realization of the presence of God in your life? I know I could. I could. So why don't we stand? And if we could do this, if you could just, maybe if we, you know, the Holy Spirit is a gift. He's a gift from God. Gift of his presence and his power to us. As we sing here, maybe you could just surrender once again to the spirit, dear Christian, that's in you and say yes and let him make his love real to you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Lead us again. Thank you, Lord. Come, Lord. Jesus. Never come close. No thing can compare, you're our living hope, your presence, Lord. Come on, Jesus, come on. Shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Here we go. 
Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Jesus, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence. Now, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your prairie, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory what is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord Come more aware. That's our prayer, Lord. That's our prayer, Lord. Yes, God. Goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence lord let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness Thank you, Jesus, for an awareness of your presence, that you deliver on your word what you have promised you have given, Lord, in the Holy Spirit. This day, throughout this day, Lord, and into this week, when you make yourself known through your Holy Spirit, Lord, as we move into this series, would, would you make yourself known even more so in our singing and our time of study and our prayer time? Because, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You're welcome here in our lives. You're welcome in our homes, in our dorms, at our business, 